America. Its greatness is written on the parchment of our Constitution. It dwells in our homes and in our cities. And it is cast in rock on the mighty Mount Rushmore. We have all seen the majesty of those four proud faces. Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, Roosevelt. And we have also seen on that magnificent mountaintop that there is room for one more face. But who? Who now deserves to be placed atop the rocks of Mount Rushmore? Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer is a man who knows America. A man who more than anyone has shared more moments with both the famous and the forgotten. Now is your chance to help bring Jerry Springer's face to the rocks of Mount Rushmore. Do it. Do it now. Go to rockjerrysface.com and join the movement. You will not be asked for money, only for your support. Mount Rushmore needs more. It needs a face that's been face to face with all of America. Mount Rushmore needs Jerry's face. Go to rockjerrysface.com and bring a new face to Mount Rushmore. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me. I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise, Judge I Jerry Springer. Hey, whoa, whoa, time out. What was that? I know we have sponsors. That was a commercial? Well, uh, what? I am not. Let me bring David Pruce on, our uh, technical producer. What, that commercial came to you, and is it running? You were telling me you hear it's running all across the country? Yeah, I've heard it on podcasts, on commercials, and on YouTube. It's, so it's all over the country. I've heard it several times. Wait, yeah. Is this there is, a way to put a stop to this? <laughs> This is real. And by the way, Maria Corelli, our third voice, yeah. who is a singer-songwriter, yes. is performing tonight at uh, Stanley's Pub. Don't go there right now. Go after the show is over. Our show's over. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that's why I introduced Jerry. Um, this is getting out of control. This is stupid. <laughs> well, I, I actually don't think it is. I, I have a, a I have a higher opinion of you than maybe you have of yourself. But no, I, I think you deserve to be on Ra Mount Rushmore. But I didn't start this. Let's people recap. hear that they're going to throw rocks at my face. They're not going to put me on. Well, the rock. Uh, this started by a woman in Laramie, Wyoming, and she sent us an email, and she has a website, RockJerry'sFace.com. I have been there. I, I, I'm just going to show you that people are signing petitions. The a petition to get Jerry's rock chiseled into the face of Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, and there are people like I'm just run through some of these off the top because there's probably millions of these on this list. But there's Daniel Lopez, Albuquerque, New Mexico; Rich from Las Vegas; Roman from Brooklyn, New York; Charles Maniscalco. Remember Gina Maniscalco? Yeah. She worked in your yeah, governor yeah, yeah, campaign, yeah, 1982. 82. 
So that's maybe her brother. Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Dustin from Carmel, Indiana, Jean from Staten Island, blah, blah, blah. It goes on. Uh, Janelle J. from, uh, can- from wait, Toronto, Canada. Wait, wait, you're being serious. I mean, there really is a... There is a website, rockjerryface.com. never... I bet nothing the truth in talking. I would not do that. (laughs) That's just so So unlike this is happening, whether we like it or not. Now, I will do like it. You don't like this? Is this isn't flattering to you that your face could go on Rushmore? Uh, First of all, when do you think I'm going to sit for that? Nah, we're not worried about that. Um, here, there, here is no, something. No, when they do portraits, don't you have to sit for? Yeah, it's a second show, gonna... by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jerry, read the rundown, Jerry. Hey, uh, I got got some emails. <laughs> I got emails. Emails what? come in, stacks of emails from yeah, each just uh, like show. that petition. So here are two. There were probably I don't know, David. What we counted a couple hundred, I think, emails At least that a came couple in. Hundred. Couple hundred. So I grabbed a couple. Rip and read. Just grab two and read them. First one. Listen to this. This is from Cambridge, Mass. What a great idea to add Jerry's face to the rock of Mount Rushmore. He's very deserving. And it would draw lots more tourists to New Hampshire. Tina from Cambridge, Massachusetts. It's not in New Hampshire. (laughs) Oh, no, it's South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Cambridge is where Harvard these, is. These are the kind of people. Yeah, what's that, that saying? I didn't go to college and went to Harvard instead? Yeah. But anyway, here's another one. I don't know what you people in Kentucky think constitutes a joke, but putting Jerry Springer's face on iconic Mount Rushmore is not only unfunny, right. it's constitutionally sacrilegious. My group and millions of people like me will rise up to stop your dangerous movement. This must not be permitted to stand. And her name is Ella Simpenzer. She's president of... Oh, she's always hated me. Yeah. (laughs) Ella Simpenzer, president of Reagan on Rushmore. She's from Dry Creek, Texas. Yeah, because there was a movement to put him on. Yeah. At least he was a president, for gosh sakes. Right. That's true. So, I I don't know. Why not try to get a little hill here in Ludlow and... Well, that's interesting. You should ask that because I'm on the park board board. in Ludlow, Kentucky. Well, why don't we do this as try getting this through and see how successful you are in that? Well, then you you don't start out on Rushmore. Let's see. Start out on your street, in your backyard. That, Put a fair. little mound together in the backyard. Fair. I, I Put live, my face on it uh, and that's see fair. how it goes. I live in a condo community up on the hill. But and they maybe, won't vote for it either. Oh, no, they probably wouldn't like it at all. <laughs> but there is a place. <laughs> I will tell this you. so stupid. So I'm in this meeting. Yeah. guy from the National Park Service is there. And probed him a little bit about how do you get something on Ra- Mount Rushmore. I was a little vague about what it was because I felt if I told him Jerry Springer, kick I could and... get some pushback. So I just said, you know, and there's a process, you know, involves Congress. And uh, so I don't know. I just think this thing has a life of its own and we have to see where it goes. And our fallback, yes, our fallback could be that it goes on the side of the incinerator at Ludlow, Kentucky. Your idea should go in the incinerator in yeah. Kentucky. 
This is stupid. Last point on this is when we no, were in New York. <laughs> that was when we were in New York City yeah, uh, we a weekend ago. A week ago. Yeah. Uh, last we, weekend. Right. We went to New we York. We met some people on the streets of New York. People come up to you. They want to get a picture, a selfie, and we talked to them about this. And there were people who were signing. I, I suspect it might be some of the people we saw here who signed that petition on the spot. So this could, and David, this is either is on YouTube or is going on YouTube. I've seen it uh, a few different places, uh, YouTube, Facebook, it's all over the place. Okay. And there's even an anti-movement against it. Okay. People that don't want Jerry's face on there. Yeah. Well, what, what those those pricks in this. Yeah. You're, you're just stirring up all these haters. Oh, no, we're not doing anything. All we're doing is we're, we're uh, uh, David and I are standing there with our arms folded observing what's happening. And we have smiles on our faces because we think, well, let's have a national a poll. Would you rather have Trump or me on Mount oh, Rushmore? Uh, Jerry's I'd have fair. a shot there. Let, let, me, let me do a focus group for you. We no. have, this audience has probably 200, 250 people. How many people want Jerry's face on Rushmore? There's your research, Jerry. Yeah. We don't need to do any more research. That, there it is. That tells me how good your other research is. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, that's I, I, I ask one thing. Please do not mock me for... Uh, scheduling a flight home from New York City that was at 6 a.m., and I thought it was at 6 p.m. That's true. We, were, we went to New York for uh, a weekend with our wives, and you were coming back on Sunday. We both right. were leaving on Sunday. Six in the evening. Perfect time. Yeah. One last, you know, Sunday. Have the full day in New so York. So we were going to have breakfast together, and then yeah. we were going to go. Yeah. And what happened? Woke up in the morning, and my phone said, with my messages from Delta Airlines, your flight left uh, two and a half hours ago, because I woke up It was 6 a.m., not 6 p.m. 6 a.m. You're yeah. a dunce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, not a good morning. So you wound me. up having to fly to Minneapolis. Uh, yeah, I did. Came, I got home. Uh, I spent a good day and a half flying home. Hey, our... Um, <laughs> Our musical guest tonight, let me yes. promo this, and then I want to ask you a little more serious question. But we have a, a musical artist on tonight. This is very cool. Uh, Palomara is his name, and that's the name he goes by. He's a, a one-named artist, Palomara. And he is opening tomorrow night for the Milk Carton Kids at a series that takes place at this incredible venue in Cincinnati, and we're in Ludlow, across the river from Cincinnati, called Memorial Hall a 500-seat music yeah. venue. It is amazing. It's recently been refurbished. And there is a series uh, that is the Longworth Anderson series. So for the people who are listening tonight on our live stream or watching on Facebook Live, this show is tomorrow night, and there may still be tickets. So if you contact Memorial Hall and check out the Longworth Anderson series... The Milk Carton kids are performing. Palomara is opening for them. He's excellent. And the Milk Carton kids are a big time, I'd call them, um, I don't know, roots, rock and roll. Do you know the work of the Milk Carton kids, David? Yeah, they're one of the hottest acts out right about now. Uh, I would probably call them folk. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really, really outstanding. So we, the Jerry Springer Podcast, urge people who hear this, because some people hear this in an archive and it'll be over. Today is 
what is today? The 20... 26. No, it's not. It's 26. 26 of February. Uh, So the show is tomorrow night. Yeah. (laughs) And the show is tomorrow night. So uh, if you're hearing it uh, live, you may want to check it out. Uh, Man, Jerry, everything seems to be coming to a head with the Mueller investigation and uh, congressional insight into what's gone on with Donald Trump and the campaign and the collusion charge with Russia during the last election. After all of this is done, because inevitably in the next few weeks, one assumes the Mueller report's going to drop. We don't know whether that's going to come all of it to the public. You know, all that's sort of a mystery at the moment. After all of that is done, is there a chance that Donald Trump could skate after all that, there, there's a chance, but I conclude no that he won't. Whatever he has done, um, he's not going to get away with it. Um, and well, right now it appears that the whole world is crashing around him, and yet you start to hear uh, because more and more there's a talk. Well, you know, you can't indict a sitting president, and so far we haven't seen. Um, the public hasn't seen the actual evidence of him uh, colluding with the Russians or whatever. And so you're starting to sense among people that, you know, Jesus, after all of this, and he's been living this charmed life anyway with all the things that would have sunk any other politician, he seems to keep on going, that there's a feeling that, gee, maybe maybe he will get away with all of this. Um he does seem to be getting desperate because so many of his latest uh, schemes or proposals, in fact, for his presidency, most of them uh, seem to be defeated. I mean, he keeps coming up with ideas that rational people say, this is a loser. Why is he doing it? The law is not on his side. And even if he loses the battle, he keeps on doing it. For example, you know, he keeps talking about this invasion uh, coming to us, uh, you know, on our southern border. Well, obviously, there's no invasion. You just turn on the cameras and you look, and there's no invasion. Um, You know, when he tried to travel ban, that was knocked down. Uh, This building of the wall, that's going no place. Um, He's now claiming a national emergency. There's not a legal scholar in the world that thinks that this qualifies for, quote, a national emergency where he can, even though Congress refused to give him the funding for the wall, that he's going to take money on his own from elsewhere in the uh, federal budget and uh, build his wall because he wants it. All these things he seems to be losing, and his people know that, and yet he keeps doing it. And, of course, what we figured out is he doesn't need to win any of these battles He just has to show that he's fighting for his base. He's fighting for his 40% of the country or 37% of the country that is with him no matter what he does, the red hats um, and his minions. And if he keeps, he figures, if he keeps appealing just to this group, that'll be enough to get one-third of the Senate to not vote him out of office. Because he figures, yeah, the Democrats might impeach him in the House, but then for the removal, you need two-thirds of the Senate to vote his removal. So if he can just hold to one-third of his, you know, which is his base, then he survives. 
And the truth is, over one-third of the Senate are Republicans from red states who will stick with him for any reason because they want to be reelected. So that's his whole strategy. You know, we're all arguing the merits of the issues, and he said, you know, he's probably laughing when he's sitting alone saying, you know, so I lose, big deal. My base knows I'm fighting for them, and they'll continue to support me. Their senators will continue to support me, and therefore I can't be removed from office. Now, does that mean that he can get away with whatever he wants to do? Which, when we're depressed, it seems like he can get away with anything he's doing. I say no. Uh, First, the legal reason is he can't pardon uh, anybody for state crime. So his family will be subjected to whatever state violations, uh, you know, in the business world, in the banking world, or whatever, whatever crimes they may have committed in state crimes, the president has no power to pardon. Secondly, there is the Southern District of New York, which is an independent branch of the federal judiciary. They make their own policies. They make their own rules. And even though the federal judiciary, the Justice Department, has said it is their policy not to indict a president. Remember, the Supreme Court hasn't ruled on that issue. It's just policy of the Justice Department. And the policy of the Justice Department, not the law, but the policy is that we don't indict a sitting president. But the Southern District of New York doesn't necessarily have that policy. So they may, might decide to go ahead if they have evidence to indict the president. So Trump can't assume that he's home free. Oh, they can't indict me. Well, maybe he can be indicted by the Southern District of New York. And that is why Mueller has been transferring much of the cases and much of what he finds to the Southern District because he's figuring all along, if they try to shut me down, they can't stop the investigation because the Southern District has it now. And so that's always one thing to remember. Also, and here's the point I want to make, the Mueller report will not stay secret. It won't stay secret. Several reasons. First of all, the most obvious, there's no way that's not going to be leaked. Everything gets leaked. And once it's submitted, someone's going to leak it. No one is going to sit on all this information. Once it's handed in and Mueller's off the case, someone is going to, some reporter is going to find it. Someone is going to sell it. Someone's going to make $100 million on it. Someone's going to be on a talk show with it. It's going to be out there. It's going to be leaked. Secondly, Congress can subpoena Mueller, can subpoena all these witnesses. The Democratic Congress can. And they'll then have to reveal what they have found, whether it's the report or not, just in their testimony. It's a subpoena, and they can't lie to the Congress. So we'll find out that way. But there's also something I've been thinking, which I haven't heard heard the commentators talking about, which doesn't make sense to me. The Justice Department has a policy of we don't reveal information that we discover in our investigation unless we're going to issue an indictment. And there's a fair reason for that. 
Because you could slime people, you could ruin their lives, ruin their careers by talking about stuff you're finding on them and publicize it, and then you don't even indict them. So they haven't committed a crime, they haven't been found guilty of a crime, but you've just smeared their name in the process, which is why forever the Justice Department, as a general rule, doesn't make statements about people they don't indict. Now, Comey got in trouble because he broke that rule when he talked about Hillary Clinton. Remember, he said there's no indictment of Hillary, but I think she was very sloppy. And you saw what that did in the election. So that was a violation of their policy. But generally, the policy is, if they're not going to issue an indictment, they don't reveal what they found. But then I go to the next step. But wait a second, you just said that you're not allowed to indict the president. So what was the point of a two-year investigation? If whatever you find, you can't release to the public because either it's information that you got because it's going to be information that you got and you don't indict him because you're not allowed to indict him. So in other words, we've spent millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. We've ripped up the whole country and divided the whole country over this whole issue for two years, knowing all the while that you can't publish what you found because you're only allowed to publish it if you indict and you admit that you're not allowed to indict. So what's going on here? It seems so obvious to me. I, I, I must be missing something because I don't know why this issue isn't being raised from the very beginning. As soon as Barr or whoever is up for attorney general at the time they were, were saying, you know, the senators were asking, will you, you know, will you release the report? You know, because America has a right to know whether the president has done anything wrong. Why didn't someone say, we're not allowed to? Because we're not allowed to indict him, and we're not allowed to give information if we don't indict him. Now, in the end, here's why I think Trump is going to meet his judgment day if he did something wrong. Okay, I suspect, like most people, that he did, but, you know, I don't know the proof. But if he did anything wrong, the reason I believe that Trump will ultimately pay for this is because there are only two options. The one option is that we will find the, re the report will come out because the American public's going to demand it. And as I said, it could be leaked, or the Southern District of all of, why do I keep saying Ohio? I've lived here too long. Um, <laughs> the Southern District of New York will go ahead and indict him. And then, in the indictment, in their filings will be the whole report. That's the filing. So we will find it out. Even if the court rules against the Southern District, in the mere filings, we're going to find out everything. So the public will either find out because the report is published, either in filings or because there's someone leaks it. Or, let's say I'm wrong. Nobody leaks it. The Southern District doesn't indict him. And that report stays secret. Do you think with 2020 coming, 
for one second, if you, someone appears before the American people, say we've completed our report, but we can't tell you, we're not going to tell you, do you think there's any chance that Trump or any Republican who supports that position can be reelected? There's no way the American people are going to stand for an answer. Something happened, but we can't tell you. How do you run a campaign then? Can you imagine every commercial everywhere in the country for anyone who's running for Congress? Any Republican running for Congress or for the Senate is going to be asked in a commercial, are you going to vote to release that report? What are they going to say? No, we don't think the people should know. There's no way out. That's why I think Trump can't escape this if he did something wrong. If he did something wrong, we're either going to see the report or he can't win in 2020 and Republicans can't win in 2020 because they'll keep it secret. Either way, that's a losing formula for another four years. I believe justice will prevail. Hey, we're going to ask... uh Palomara to come up, and let me remind you, Palomara is a singer-songwriter, and we're going to talk with him here as he gets, uh, pops into the performer's seat, picks up his guitar, and uh, he is performing, uh, for those listening live on our stream or watching on Facebook Live tomorrow night as part of the Longworth Anderson series, so welcome, Palomara. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. How are you doing? We're going to ask you to do a song, and all of our performers do original music. That's what we love about this, and we do love featuring people who are either from this region, uh, which is rich with roots music, the greater Cincinnati, tri-state area, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, or people touring through. But tell us first a few things about the uh, Longworth Anderson series that you're part of tomorrow night as you open for the Milk Carton Kids. Sure. So it's a concert series. It's at Memorial Hall, Cincinnati. Um, it's a contemporary multi-genre concert series that goes throughout the year. Uh, tomorrow night's Milk Carton Kids in Verasola. Um, before that, there's a little reception with food and drink for the people that come. I'll be playing as well. Um, so it should be a really fun night. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. very cool. And that is a wonderful place. I'm, I'm sure you're happy to be playing at Longworth Hall. Very much. Re- recently yeah. refurbished and, uh, and now open and a uh, very cool place. Uh, what's your song going to be? Tell us about your song. Yeah, this is a song called Everybody Wants to Dance. It's off my most recent record called Voice in the Wilderness that I just put out last year. All right, here we go. Palomar. Everybody wants to dance, cut a rug and get down. Turn up the music so they can hear the sound. If I wanted to dance, I probably could But that don't mean that I probably should If I don't, then my friends won't stick around Everybody wants to dance, kick it and bust a Nothing too kitschy, just play it nice and smooth I wanna do the slip, but she wants to grind If the 
the good times are rolling then I don't really mind There's more than one way to find a groove I got no problems, no I got nothing at stake Anderson series, Memorial Hall, Cincinnati. If you're around, uh, check them out. They may have some tickets left. Uh, opening for the Milk Carton Kids. And you said and there's a second act, too. Milk Carton Kids. Yeah, Verisola. Verisola. Yeah, uh, great. Where can people hear your music? You can hear it on Spotify, Apple Music, any of the normal streaming Usual outlets. Places. iTunes, and, Amazon, all that, yeah. All right, I'm going to spell your name, make sure I get it right. Sure. Uh, P-A-L-A-M-A-R-A. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And um, the, uh, to, to where are you from? Are you from this uh, tri-state area? Not uh, originally. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Moved okay. here about four years well, ago. welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And your, your musical background is, do you study classically somewhere? or No, self-taught. Self-taught? Picked up the guitar when I was 14. Started writing my own songs pretty quickly after that and still doing it. You doing this full-time now? No, no. I, uh, I work full-time at Cincinnati Art Museum. Nice. Uh, soccer coach at Seven Hills School part-time. And really? And in music when I can. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. So Seven Hills School, uh, remind me of the guy who wrote Across the Ocean is a cohort of yours, Bryce Carlson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, he was on the podcast a couple of times. Was he really? Once in the middle of the uh, North Atlantic, by the way. It was very cool. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, so if you'll take us out on Down by the Riverside, good old, old school hootenanny type song, Jerry Springer will join you. All right. <laughs> and it's, it's unbelievable. You'll yeah. see, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Palomar, down by the riverside. Your career by couldn't Springer. last forever. <laughs> I'm gonna shake hands with everyone Down by the riverside Down by the riverside 
Jewelry, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.